This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. who don't know me. I work here at New Hope. I have the privilege of working in kids ministry and also um, in the communications team. It's pretty cool. Something that you may not know about me though is that I used to be a performer. So um, I used to get involved in musical theatre kind of vibes. Is anyone into musical theatre? Yes, cool, awesome. Well, as part of my um, performing arts company, I was able to travel around America and perform, which was really, really cool and such an honour and a privilege to do so. So with that, we were able to perform at Disneyland. Hands up if you've been to Disneyland. Yes, awesome, so cool. So we had the privilege of being able to perform at Disneyland. It was such an incredible opportunity. Um, If you've been to Disneyland before, you know that it's like full of magic and wonder and everything's just perfect all the time. Um, So the privilege that we had was we were able to go um, backstage behind the scenes um, to warm up and prepare for us performing. So as you do. We were walking, 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 and we had to stop at these gates. Everything was perfect. It looked beautiful. We had to stop at these gates, and they said, okay, what you're about to see, it, you can't take photos. You, 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 There should be no video evidence whatsoever. I was like, all right, yeah, no worries, cool. No video evidence, gotcha. And as we walked through those gates, I tell you what, it was completely different not what I was expecting at all. It was all the backdrops, all the behind the backdrops. You saw characters with, you know, not looking too flash and there was workers and people walking around and it was dark and it was gloomy. It was not what I expected to see at all. So I'm wondering if you have ever experienced a time where you have not expected what has happened whether you've been a time where you've held a specific view, a specific idea, and you had this, you know, this thought in your mind, like, this is exactly how it's going to happen. And it doesn't pan out the way that you expect it to go. Maybe it was a restaurant you were so looking forward to. You saw it on Instagram. It looked amazing. It had five stars on the Google reviews. You're like, okay, I am ready. Let's go. Here we go. And they serve the meal and... It's not what you're expecting. Maybe you booked an incredible fancy resort and you're like, I am so looking forward to resting and relaxing in this beautiful pool. And you rock up and it's not what TripAdvisor had to say. Maybe it's uni. Maybe you thought that uni was going to go a whole lot easier for you than it currently is. Maybe year 12 or high school, maybe you expected to have more friends, more relationships, better at homework, whatever it may be, and you haven't quite hit that expectation yet. Well, today I'm going to unpack the section in Acts where Jews came to Antioch and they tried to reorient, they tried to rechange, they tried to, um, something different 
to um, these Gentiles what the original thought. That didn't make any sense. I'm so sorry. Today, we're going to unpack in Acts where the Jews came to Antioch and they tried to reorient what these Gentiles originally thought. So these Gentiles had expectations and that was completely flipped. I'm just going to quickly pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for this incredible opportunity that I have to speak Your Word Lord, I pray that right now you fill me up with your Holy Spirit and that I'm able to just um, speak clearly to these people in front of me, Lord, and that you just speak directly through me. Pray all this in your holy and mighty name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to give you some context before we break down our actual text for this evening. So basically, the Jews have showed up from Judea and they were insistent that everyone must be circumcised. Now, saying that, you know, if you're not circumcised, you actually can't be saved. Yet Paul and Barnabas, they protested this. In order to resolve this matter, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas and a few others to put it before the apostles and the leaders in Jerusalem. They utilised this time and continued to preach the good news as they travelled to Jerusalem. So they got to Jerusalem and they were so keen to tell everyone about their missionary journey on their way over here. Yet some of these Pharisees who still, who became believers, they continued to hold their view on circumcision and to keep the law of Moses. So with that, the apostles, they called for a meeting to discuss this matter. So we're currently looking in Acts chapter 15 for those playing along. Um, So in verse 7, prior to what we're looking at, it says that there was much debate. So clearly these arguments, they were a big thing. They were going back and forth and things started to get a little bit heated. Have you ever experienced this moment where you were just so passionate about something and you just really want to get your message across that you get a little bit heated? I believe that, sorry, this is what they had thought. This is what they were going through. They were just so, so passionate about sharing God's never-ending grace. And yet some people thought that you needed to abide by all of these traditional customs to be saved. So Peter then goes on and he says, there's not one thing that separates us as Jews and Gentiles, for when they believe in God, He makes their hearts pure. So why on earth would you now limit God's grace by placing a yoke of religious duties on the shoulders of the believers that neither we nor our ancestors have ever been able to bear. The same grace that has brought these people new life. So with this, they then agree that these people do not need to be circumcised in order to be saved. So in order to clarify that, that is when they felt it necessary to write a letter to Antioch. So this is where our scripture begins. So we are looking at Acts chapter 15, verse 22. It's also on the screens. Then the apostles and the elders, with the consent of the whole church, decided to choose men from among their members and to send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leaders among the brothers, with the following letter. 
the brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the believers of Gentile origin in Antioch and Syria and Sicilia, greetings. Since we have heard that certain persons who have gone out from us, though with no instruction from us, have said things to disturb you and have unsettled your minds. We have decided unanimously to choose representatives to send them to you, along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same thing by the word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to impose on you that no further burden that these essentials, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what is strangled and from fornication. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Fair well. So, <clears throat> sorry. So they went off and they went to Antioch. When they gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. When its members read it, they rejoiced at exhortation. Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. After they had been there for some time, they went, they sent off in peace by the believers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch and there with many things they taught and proclaimed the word of God. So this letter is a result of the, all the previous discernment that they have gone through, all the previous wrestling, all the previous learnings that Paul and Barnabas went through. So we're going to backtrack a little bit. First up, um, we're going to read out verse 6. It says, The apostles and the elders met together to consider this matter. So this brings me to my first point, which will pop up. When you wrestle, you may need to discern and lean on understanding, on others' understanding. So this would not have been easy for Paul and Barnabas. They heard what was being said they thought it not to be true. And so they sought wise counsel to ensure that what they knew to be true was in fact biblically sound and aligned with Jesus' theology. And then wanted to ensure that these believers knew this truth. We can often get so passionate about a topic, like I said before, and sometimes we think it to be true. We often are just so passionate and hyped and we get in our own heads and we just go full steam ahead and we tell everyone around us our thoughts and opinions. However, it's important to stop. It's important to think and to discern and process with someone who is older or has been through that wrestle or that struggle previously. Others may have experience, wisdom, like I said, previous wrestling that they have been through. So it's important for you to hear that and learn from them. You see, Paul and Barnabas, they first see the issue and they see that the Jews weren't preaching the truth. But before they begin to share and, and speak out their own truth, they confirmed with the other people in that space. Seeking wisdom from others, it allows you to grow. It ensures you that your ideas are actually confirmed or they may encourage you 
to strengthen your own faith, to stretch your own theology and to grow and potentially reorient your own thinking. I want to take this time now to do a quick little sidebar and I really want to strongly encourage you about mentors. If you haven't got a mentor and you've been thinking about getting a mentor for a long time, this is your sign. Go find a mentor. I know that there are so many incredible older adults here at New Hope who would just love to pour in to the younger generation of New Hope. If this is something you're interested in, I would love to chat to you about it. I'm sure Katrina or Lance would also love to chat about it with you. It's so, so important to have people in your life that are truly Christ followers, that will empower and will help you discern whether or not these things align with God. So back to our text. They're all Jews. They're all Jews and they were brought up with different views. And now they've changed their minds. They've come to this realisation that God is working in ways that they did not expect. We can see that Peter, Paul and Barnabas, they all went through this discernment to get to where they are. It was by prayer, it was by knowing Scripture that allowed them to come to this decision. It was then confirmed by others that what they thought to be true was correct. So we know that when others around us are speaking truth that aligns with the Bible and we know in our hearts that it's truly from God, that is when we know that we can trust and we know in our hearts to be true. So once this discernment, once it's established, you then once have to reconcile that truth. It's then a whole lot more healthier to then go out and continue to struggle, to continue to wrestle with your thoughts and ideas and share your own opinions and thoughts and ideas. This enables you and your faith to stretch and to grow. Through the wrestle that you go through, through the learning that you go through, your your faith will grow exponentially. Remember that you do not inhibit your relationship with God when you wrestle with these tough questions. You actually grow in it. So we then see Paul and Barnabas in verse 7. They step out, they risk the thoughts of others' opinions and they preach that we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus. So this comes to my second point. Wrestling and learning, it may cause you to step out, resist and preach truth. So these guys, they stepped out and they resisted what these men from Judea were saying. How often do you step out and resist what other people are saying? How often are you willing to defend your own faith and share the true love that our God has for others around you? Do you think that you will ever be someone who calls out heresy and speaks truth to who God actually is? Now, I'll be the first to tell you, I am such a people pleaser. I don't like to stand out in the crowd. I don't like to make a wave in the crowd. But we are often so caught up in our own heads that we often listen to the lies that the enemy says. What do we even know? What makes you think you can speak out? 
Why do you think you're good enough to go against the grain of the world and speak God's truth? There's a really cool quote from Ben Stewart that I've got up on the screen. It says, This is meant to be true of all people who follow Christ. Jesus himself warned us in Luke chapter 6, verse 26. Woe to you when all speak, sorry, woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what our ancestors did to the false prophets. Does everyone like you? That may be a problem. Now, let me be clear, the goal is not to proactively make enemies. The goal is to stand for something. When you are really leveraging your life for something that matters, you will face resistance. 11 of the 12 disciples faced violent deaths. If no one in your culture, to change the world, we must speak the truth. To speak the truth will invite criticism. But don't be encouraged that resistance may be a sign that you are on the right track. So putting yourself and your beliefs on the line by sharing with others your thoughts, they very well may push you into wrestling with your own set beliefs. But it's so, so important to go through this wrestling with others. I want to do another sidebar for a moment. The, the difference between prideful wrestling and humble wrestling. Prideful wrestling will very likely lead to learning as we are trying to defend Um, win the argument, to fix others. It's kind of like this win-loss mentality, which let's face it, most of us humans, we have. Humble wrestling, on the other hand, it gives us the chance to learn through this wrestle. Hear me when I say this. The goal is not to win, but to learn. We ask questions. We listen carefully. We see people's perspectives and notice where they are or where we are drawing our incorrect conclusion from. Humble wrestling does not mean that we are weak. It doesn't mean that we don't stand up. It means that we will work hard on discernment and learning and we must stand forcefully in that. When we don't stand to defend our own image, but we stand to defend the gospel of truth. For we do not need to be concerned for our own personal image, but allow our words and thoughts to glorify God. That is humility. So remember that resistance, it's a good thing. You may be challenged by your own faith. You may challenge someone else's faith. You may encourage them to grow through a wrestling process. They may encourage you and you will go through a wrestling process. Either way, your relationship with God, it does not change. It does not stop. It does not diminish when you go through this wrestle. It grows. My third point is wrestling and learning, it'll never stop. We often think, oh yeah, we'll go through this wrestle and then it'll settle, no worries. We must change that perspective that, you know, once everything is sorted out and seems right, then the wrestling stops because this is not the case. 
We need to change the perspective that there is no final achievement where all our answers are given. If we ever get to that point, there's actually no faith then required. It's an earnest faith that is always seeking, asking and wondering and pursuing God. There is no final achievement when all of our answers are given. For Peter, it didn't settle. He continued uh, with his trip over and he wrestled. So this Peter that we hear about in this passage, this is Simon Peter. He was the one who clearly saw Jesus' divinity when he walked on water to Jesus. This is the, this is the Peter that, was first, that first called Jesus the Son of the living God, the Messiah. He witnessed so many miracles that Jesus did. Yet he still wrestled with God. He still wrestled with the thinking of whether or not being circumcised was going to lead to your salvation or not. Then he goes in another wrestle in Galatians chapter 2. It's in Galatians chapter 2 verse 11, if you've got your Bibles with you. But when Paul challenges Peter, so Peter first ate with the Gentiles. Then once the people of James came in, he was probably persuaded by them. He goes back to thinking he could no longer eat with them because they were considered unclean. Paul then calls out Peter. Paul argues against such a compromise of the truth, of the gospel message, showing that the laws play no role in defining a Christian position before God. Peter needed Paul to call this out and to go through this dispute in order for him to truly understand who God is. We live in a world where we are very much impacted by opinions and the wrestling of other people. Peter lived a life in which he constantly was learning and was wrestling through these concepts and ideas about who God is. And we can do this too. It can be pressure from others. It can be pressure of leadership. It can be the pressure, it can be the bad experiences that we have gone through that have allowed us to wrestle. It could, um, it could be the secular world trying to tell us that we are wrong. We can go through these struggles too. But we know that in that, God is always the same. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And He calls you into a relationship with Him. He is not afraid of your struggles and of your wrestling with certain ideas or theology. So draw close to Him. Draw close to people who align with God. Open His Word and read his truth. Because the wrestling that we go through, it does not inhibit our relationship with God. It grows it and brings you closer to him. So when we begin your wrestle, you may need to discern and lean on the other's understanding. Wrestling and learning, it may cause you to step out, resist and preach truth. Wrestling and learning will never stop. 
But all of these things are good things. It grows us. It strengthens our relationship with God. This whole series has been about how to think and act in God's ways. The best thing about how to, how to act and think in God's ways is that we have God with us. The best thing that you can do is to know that it is a circle. don't know if you remember that circle that we've been referring back to throughout the entire sermon series. We never say, I've arrived, I'm done, I'm the perfect Christian. There is no more learning or growth to go through. We need to be open to what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. That is how we grow. We often put ourselves in a little comfort bubble and just stay there. I want to encourage you tonight to step out of that bubble, to talk to the people around you, to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to move in you, to go into this week and be a Christ-like follower who wrestles with things, knowing that wrestling does not inhibit your relationship with God, but it actually grows it. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this incredible church, Lord. I thank you that you have brought everyone here this evening, Lord. I thank you that we will never stop wrestling, we will never stop learning, we will never stop growing. Lord, I pray that today you just fill us up with your Holy Spirit, that we are able to go out and be your disciples, to be your hands and feet. Lord, I just pray that you are with us every single step of the way. I thank you that you are with us every single step of the way. Remind us this week to continue to wrestle, to draw close to you and to draw close to the Christ-like people in our lives, Lord. We thank you so much for your Word and we just pray that we are able to spend a whole bunch of time in that this week, Lord. I pray all this in your holy and mighty name. Amen.